Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Fnona and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Our in conversation with guests today is Rob Randall, a primary teacher from South Wales and committee member of the Reading Reform Foundation. Rob, welcome back for the third time today. We were just talking earlier, we reserve in a little slot for you every couple of months, I think. It's brilliant. Back to reading. A hat trick with uh, impact. It is. It, it is. is a hat trick. And thank you so much for coming back because we've invited you back on again because there's been a development on uh, reading in the news. There's been a big article come out from The Guardian, hasn't there? And we, we thought it was really important for you to come back and talk to us about what this all means so that our listeners can be as well informed as possible. Well, it, the, it was a bit of a mismatch, mishmash of a, an article, really. I'm not really sure what we get from it. For, for me, as a teacher in the classroom, I'm not, what do I learn from reading that article? What do I get from it? Um, and it, in fact, it just muddies the waters a little bit. And that doesn't need to happen because there's such a huge volume, culmination, is that the right word? Accumulation, um, yeah. Accumulation. Yeah. You've been on a Welsh course all day. We're giving you a pass. Okay. And it's a um, Friday afternoon that we're recording this yeah, as well, which doesn't yeah. help. <laughs> There's so much research there, which backs the evidence for, for what I've been on your, your show to talk about before, that this article, you know, what do, what do we really take from it? Um, it was very much a sensational headline as well, wasn't it? Which, yeah. like you said, did really did. We, we saw it and we thought, well, Whoa. I'm just going to read the headline because I think it's it's it is sensationalized. It says. Focus on phonics to teach reading is, quote, failing children, says Landmark Study. Mm. So, you know, just by using the word failure, that is really quite sensational, isn't it? It's generating outrage, isn't it? I think um, that's what they're trying to do. Very good way of putting it, generating outrage. I'll actually put down here culture wars. It, it's, it, it feels like that kind of polarised, I wouldn't say conversation, but polarised argument that happens on so many things on social media that, you know, you're either one side or you're the other, and it does feel a bit um, entrenched. That's it. And, and there's, been art, there's been papers published before, which, you know, The Guardian hasn't picked up on. I know that um, Cathy Russell, who, who wrote a, right. uh, a paper with um, Anne Castles and uh, Kate Nation, um, they wrote a, a, an amazing paper, really, about ending the reading wars, and they spoke about how you how to teach reading in that paper but where was that published in, yeah. in sort of the media in in the guardian and, and making this huge um furore about it yeah that's right yeah and i think that the um in so many areas of life the media has got an awful lot to answer for so i think let's let's make sure that the media actually do answer for those things today and let's look at um the arguments set out in the guardian but all, let's also look at the, um, the couple of blogs that have been out that we've seen uh, that is a rebuttal for it. But before we do any of that, uh, Rob, can you just take us through the three approaches that are mentioned in the Guardian article so that we're absolutely clear what it is we're talking about and what they actually mean? So let's start first with systematic synthetic phonics. What actually is it? It follows um, the logic of how our writing system works that um, our sounds are represented by uh, the sounds in our words in our speech are represented by the letters on our page and the best way to teach that to children of how to decode them is in a systematic way starting with the smallest units of sound you know at sat um, 
And then we go from that and we just build that up in a, in a sequenced, carefully sequenced way um, that makes perfectly good sense. And, and, and it's logical to, to, to learn in that way from novice through to expert. Um, and we start small and then we build up. But one of the things that we're going to look at in the article um, later on is that they, they talk about systematic synthetic phonics actually being uh, based on the simple view of reading. Yeah. So can you say a little bit about what the simple view of reading actually is? So I think we all agree on the fact that the, the, the main goal of reading, so what we want is that children can lift the words off the page and comprehend and read what, you know, understand what they're reading. Um, we get pleasure from what we read because we understand what's there. It, it wouldn't be a very enjoyable task if we were sort of just um, making these sounds and had no idea what they meant. Um, so the simple view of reading, we need to teach decoding so they can they, they can say these words, lift them off the page, and then we need to have, we need the oral language comprehension. We need to get those things, teach the two things. So in combination, um, it leads to reading comprehension. So they read the, the word um, happy on the page, but they also comprehend what it means to be happy. That's right. And um, Okay. So there's systematic synthetic phonics. What's the whole language approach? What is that? So this will be um, through discovery in a way. So by reading lots to the child, having these words on the page, teaching them as whole words. Right, okay, um, so it's like sight words. Yeah, repeti repetitive words um, that you're gonna learn these words by sight, remember it as a whole word, and then we're gonna build words. So you're gonna start remembering more and more words, and then hopefully, you're going to fathom out how it all works at some point. But if you don't know um, what a word is, you might be able to guess what that word is. Right, okay, um, based on the picture that's next yeah. to it or maybe the end of the sentence or... Yeah, you might know the words before or after. Um, so, you know... The reading recovery is linked with this, isn't it? Yeah, so you might have, you know, the dog was in the field, the cat was in the field. Yeah. But, ooh, there's something in the field. What could it be? I could use a picture and I can see that it's a horse or a pony. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't read that word horse or pony, but I know and it's you one don't, of the... You don't know the, the sounds yeah. that are part of that. And, and of course, if you don't decode the right picture with the right word, yeah. then that brings up lots of problems. Well, as it's, well, it's it? guesswork. Yeah. We're talking it's about guesswork. That's right. And Okay, no. so what about balanced instruction? So, so that's trying to join the two together. And I think this was just after a history of which was the best method to use, uh, you know, going back way back, you know, phonics was the main method of sort of instruction. And then we had sort of the whole language um, coming into sort of fashion. Yeah. And then, you know, they were realized it wasn't working. And, and then how do we agree on this? So they sort of tried to balance the two out. But they, how do you balance something with a system that doesn't work? Um, yeah. So it, and it, it feels a little bit reminiscent of the, you know, the the arguments that are often um, you see on Twitter between progressives and traditionalists, mm. you know, with those who are uh, direct instruction, which is often characterized as a kind of chalk and talk stand at the front didactic, and then discovery learning or inquiry learning, which is seen as this kind of no holes barred, you know, just find it out for yourself. And I don't think either of those descriptions of either of those ends of the spectrum are really true, are they? No. And um... But what we know with reading, with um, being able to decode, because it is biologically secondary knowledge, you know, right. we, we don't naturally evolve to learn how to lift those 
words up the page. So we know that it has to be taught through sort of direct instruction and direct instruction. But things like language comprehension, yeah. um, oral language comprehension, um, which we want to develop as well in systematic synthetic phonics, yeah. uh, we want to give those children all those rich experiences going into the outdoors, uh, using language about how crunchy the leaves are or what they see in the world yeah. around them. So they're developing their vocabularies. So we are developing all those aspects, but the aspect of um, what those words are on the, the page and how we lift them up, yeah. um, that has to be taught directly. Okay, so we kind of, we've set out uh, for our listeners the three uh, main um, instruction methods or um, the ways that they talk about this so that when we talk about the, the different um, articles then we know what, what we're um, discussing. So in the Guardian, um, the Guardian report, and it, it came out, I think, was it Wednesday? Wednesday I think, wasn't it, it came out on Wednesday, Wednesday wasn't it? And it, it created quite a furore on... There's been um, lots of to and fro and back on Twitter, hasn't there? There has, there has, and uh, it's. T tell us a little World bit about as well. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit, uh, Rob, about your thoughts on the the Guardian um, article, and then maybe we'll get into a little bit more of the detail. I, th I think a lot of people who don't really know, um, or might read it, and think, well, it's not that bad. Yeah. You see, because it's. It's talking about balance and who doesn't like balance in education where we're but it's this um uh, misleading it's a misleading word as well isn't isn't it balance like what does it actually mean we have to be able to define that and of course we want to have balance when we're teaching reading of you know developing vocabulary developing that comprehension through different experiences reading them stories making them fall in love with language and and, and take it all in um but you know, we, we, we also have to um, balance that with the other side as well, as I was saying about the direct instruction, about how are we going to get children to understand that this sound in our speech, um, this phoneme in our speech is represented by this letter, this grapheme on the, on, within the word. Um, yeah. Now, if we read that article like that, if people just read it and say, oh, it's just about balance, I'm doing that already, I don't think it will cause too much damage but if people read it and think oh well actually we don't really need to teach systematic synthetic phonics we can use other methods now too i can just learn i can just read to my children um i think there was somewhere in the article it said about the entire code can be taught in something like 30 hours i mean it's just ridiculous um uh so um it, it's it's worrying in the sense that some teachers might see it as a way to teach reading more ineffectively. For some, it might not change a thing. And for, you know, for myself, I just think it's quite, it's quite a worry, I think, in, in Wales, um, where we're already a little bit um, turbulent on what we actually do to teach reading. Uh, Absolutely. And I think it's really important to, to identify why some people might have read this, this article and, and actually... Uh, questioned whether synthetic uh, systematic synthetic phonics is the way to go because on the first reading it actually as you were talking about it it talks about balance it also talks about a new research study that seems to be you know it's written by um two researchers at the ucl's institute of education dominic wise and alice bradbury who are connected with bearer uh, you know a well-respected research body 
Um, there are 250 signatories uh, sent on a letter to Nadine Sahawi, the education minister in England. So there's lots and lots in there that that certainly when I read it, I was like, oh, OK. So but this is this seems all very um, authentic and uh, reasonable and robust and well researched and well evidenced. But it's not quite as straightforward as that, is it? Yeah, I think the worry for England is that they've had a change of sort of the administration in terms of schooling. So it's so Nick Gibb, who knew, you know, so much about how to teach reading and, and had, I think he had debated on it and he had spoken about it so much and about education generally. He was a really good person to have in education. Um, now he's gone. I just hope that this um, sort of lobbying on the current ministers for education in England that they don't start to question um, what the research up to, up to now has shown us about how to teach reading best. And an article like this might question, are they actually doing it right? And I, and I think it's important to, to go right to the end of the article and just look at that final sentence in there, because in the final sentence of the article, after they talk about this new landmark study, suggesting that synthetic, systematic synthetic phonics is maybe failing children and it's not as um, successful as maybe we thought it is. In the very last sentence, it gives the data on uh, the change in um, attainment in pupils in reading in England between 2012 and 2021. And it shows that the uh, number of children who are reaching the year one expected standard has risen. That's on the phonics screening test. On it? the phonics yes, screening yes. test has risen from 58% to 82%. And those reaching it by the end of year two has gone up to 92%. I mean, I, I would have said that that's mm. kind of unequivocal that that is yeah, and, a, um, a really good indication of what is actually happening in terms of how well children are able to decode. And I think uh, Kathy, in, in Kathy uh, Russell's tweet about this article, she said, um, you know, where's the Guardian? Why, why aren't the Guardian interested in the hundreds of thousands of kids who have, um, have or now have the foundations in reading as a result of um, the mandate for phonics in England and, and uh, the phonics screening check that they have? Why, where's the article about that? Um, yeah, because they do mention there's a lot of um, they, they, the, the researchers actually carried out a survey, didn't they, about what teachers thought of the phonics test. And that was a very selective, um, self-selecting almost survey um, that teachers seem to be saying, oh, we don't like it and we don't think it works. But that was a very selected survey. Were, wasn't it? Participants were recruited via the network of the affiliates of the author, I think was the, oh, the well, part. Okay. So they were affiliates of the, the author. Yeah. Um, it would be really interesting to see as well where how this um, is projected to the GCSE standards for those pupils that have gone through with that phonics mm. check mm. right the way through. I mean, we're talking, what, 2012, we're only here now. I know we've had a pandemic in the middle to see yeah. what the long term implication. Yeah. Of, so of we're coming up for two or three years from now that, that but, they will be going through. But the they? danger in education is that things seem to last so long and then there's a shift and you never be able, you never seen that go right the way through yeah. to, to its fruition at the end of you. This... And, and the, the, the phonics, you know, the, this early um, systematic synthetic phonics, it, it gets children out of the starting blocks. You know, there's yeah. so much which comes afterwards um, in terms of teaching knowledge so they can um, comprehend what they're reading. And they can, because most of the tests that come later, are, they're all comprehension tests. The national tests in Wales are, mm -hmm. are all based on comprehending. Um, 
Yeah. So, and, and I think uh, another thing that we'll talk about a little bit later, but they um, they used a method to uh, gather data um, for this study, which is called a, a meta-analysis. And a meta-analysis, for any of our listeners don't know, is that the, this is not actually research carried out by the researchers themselves. This is the researchers going and uh, looking at other studies and gathering them together um, under one umbrella. And But what they did was they didn't just go out and gather single study papers under this one umbrella. They went out and they gathered more meta-analysis under this single umbrella. And that, that's really quite problematic in terms of answering a single question, isn't it? And I think they started, I think the selection process started with, you know, a particular person in the UK who, who, who is quite anti, who is anti-phonics anyway, who doesn't agree with it. So they started with a bias straight yeah. from how they started selecting um, the people they were going to, or which studies they were going to use. Um, you know, and, and Jennifer Birkenham has done a great, um, article sort of explaining that too about what research was left out you know that within those meta-analyses they could have chosen so many other different studies which would yeah. you know they would have helped this, yeah. provide balance to this argument and i think we'll put all three um articles in the oh, well yeah. the, the two um blogs and the article from uh, the guardian in which you can find the original report if you wanted to go and have a look at that we'll put those in the show notes but I think uh, what, what I want to kind of make sure that everybody who's listening to this really understands is that we are not sitting here for the sake of, oh, no, we, we are on this side and we want to make an argument. We're actually sitting here saying this is really difficult for teachers to know what is best to do. And we want to give teachers the opportunity to make a start in understanding why there are differences of opinion. And I think um, that's really important, isn't it? Absolutely. Because, you know, this, we're talking about that word balance again. Um, teachers say we need to have balance. And the simple view of reading does provide us with that. And, uh, you know, all of these systematic synthetic phonics programs and Jennifer Buckingham, who, who's written the sort of um, rebuttal against mm. this Guardian article. Um, well, she's part of this five by five, or five from five organization in, in Australia promoting um, better reading instruction. So the reading instruction we want with systematic phonics is including phonemic awareness, um, phonics, fluency, vocabulary, comprehension. It is a balance, you know? All, what we're saying is that, is that it follows the science of reading where we're not asking children to guess words yeah. um, or to learn words by sight as whole words. And that we're getting them to understand the logic of how the code works. So everything clicks in the place so they they can, they can read well yeah and uh, absolutely and i think it, it's it's incumbent on teachers generally to have an understanding of key elements of the research out there so that they can make informed decisions not just on reading on all all kinds of teachings but one of the things that the the rebuttal talks about in a little bit more detail that the guardian article from the uh, researchers from ucl start to look at is this idea of decodable books. And I think there is a, a, possibly a misdescription of what decodable books actually are. Can you just describe what decodable books are and what they actually do for the learner? So um, 
if with a decodable book, we're trying to stick to um, the, the, the graphemes and phoneme correspondences that the children have been taught. So they're able to say the sounds and blend those words together in the book. So they have, they feel a great deal of success once they've learned a few of those correspondences that they can, those early readers, they can start reading those books straight away. They're not um, repetitive words. Um, they can be a mixture made up of those correspondences. Um, so they're varied, they're interesting, mm. you know, and, and it all comes down to who has written them too. You know, if they've been yeah. written well, they're going to be more engaging. Um, but we want, the, the aim is, is to move them off, the, you know, to move away from decodable books as soon as they've got going, you know, as soon as they've learned, you know, a lot, some children will start to self-learn, you know, they'll understand the logic of how this code works. And before they've learned all of the um, grapheme, phoneme correspondences, they might not have learned them all. Um, they might be away already. Um, yeah. and, and there's some professional understanding that's needed there where once they get to that point, you know, we can let them go a little bit. We don't have to hold them to these decodable books. Um, but because they are just guided practice, aren't they? They're guided practice for novices until they don't need that scaffolding anymore. Yeah, but what they don't do, they don't encourage children to use those habits of looking at the picture and, and guessing from... Well, the, um, and this is it. This is what is so important, isn't it, for um, skills like this that really need to be embedded deeply so that children can be fully independent in them. They need really, really good habits and good habits don't involve um, guessing a word they don't know by looking at the picture or guessing a word they don't know by um, inference on what might fit there. Yeah, and that, and that to guessing is likely to happen if they come across a word which yeah. is out of sequence to what they've been taught. Yeah, so we, we need them to have that um, reasoned understanding of success because that's what systematic synthetic phonics does is it teaches children to be successful. And build confidence. And build yeah. confidence. And then we don't have problems when they enter a, um, year seven in secondary school, actually non-functional readers. Re but regarding those uh, decodable books, uh, I'm not sure in the links too of this uh, podcast, um, there was a brilliant webinar by um, Abigail Steele and uh, Debbie Heppelwhite who were just talking about um, the system in England, which is, is quite strict at the moment in terms of the validation scheme for how decodable work, books work with um, the scheme and how that this you know how this has an impact then on how Ofsted come in and how they're viewing um, the different systems uh, which are happening in schools but they they speak about you know there needs to be some common sense with decodable books and and um, you know personalized learning I'm not sure um, but thinking about where that learner is at I think is important mm -hmm. um, we, we, we don't want to restrict children when we're they're ready to move on well let's let them go and explore and, and choose their books yeah, so it, it is a common sense approach and you'll have to send us the link to that podcast so we can yeah. stick it in the show notes as well. For, so this will be this podcast, hopefully, will be a, a wealth of information for schools so that they can go and have a look at it. But just to kind of round up on this, why is this so important for teachers in Wales, particularly? Because I think teachers in England are in a very different situation. They've got their their. Mm -hmm you know, their curriculum, which makes different demands. But why is it so important for teachers in Wales to understand all of this? I, I think this article can be used by as sort of ammunition for those who are already sort of, oh, we want to stick to these approaches. Mm. This is going to be able to support them. Um, so I, I guess our job is to, to show right the wealth of research that is there in support of 
the science of reading and the logic of how our code works. Um, and it, so that with Wales having quite ambiguous statements at the moment without any real clarity for how it wants reading to be. This um, is in Curriculum for Wales guidance. Yeah, in Curriculum for Wales guidance. Um, people may latch on to this article and think, well, this, this is okay. I might choose some of the programs which do advocate for these more mixed methods approaches. Mm. And they might end up going down that route, which we see universities, you know, there's a, a university in Wales, which sort of promotes some sort of more analytical style phonics rather than synthetic phonics. And it, you know, it gives them more um, sort of credibility, I suppose, by using an article like this to promote. Yeah, so it could, it could be, it could be really confusing for teachers and for schools, um, especially if they're looking at reading and know that they've got a reading problem and they're looking at the curriculum for Wales guidance and the guidance says, well, you know, you can use this method or that method or the other method. There's not one that, that is, uh, you know, known to be successful. It could be really confusing to schools to know what to do for the best. That's right. And, it, and it's already confusing with the sort of the cross-curricular framework where you've got the literacy framework, which sort of has this ambiguous wording about um, you know, lifting the words up by using graphic clues and um, syntactic clues. And, and yeah, so, so there's already confusion there. So when we when I sort of try and challenge those things and I say, well, we shouldn't really be asking children to look at the picture to try and work out the word, or we shouldn't be asking them to just look at the first letter sound and try and guess the rest of it. It's easy. For, they just come back at me and say, well, it says it in the in the government guidance. It says it in the literacy framework. And, and, then, and that's where we, we need to maybe start questioning, well, is that guidance really based on what the research tells us is the best bet for teaching early reading? Yeah, it's a, that's a really good point. But you, you schools don't have to take your word or our word for it, do they? They've got, because we've got, we had back in episode 50, we had uh, Tracy Jones from Mechelin School and she's done quite amazing things up there. And she's, so people can go back and listen to her discussion with us on the impact podcast couldn't they yeah and, and the ifiri website as well there's just every single article on the ifiri um you'll have to give us the link to that as well yeah put, put the link in because it has everything that you could need on that in terms of research and papers and blogs and articles and yeah. debates and conversations everything's sort of been logged in that um one area it's a great forum to, to use do you know what i think we we have done reading to a point where uh, with there's so much out there, but I, we would encourage teachers, as I'm sure you would, is just to know what actually um, is real, what is really based on research, what the data is telling us is the best bet. Be skeptical of all research out there, you know, really do your due diligence and, and look at is this really the case or is there a little bit more to it? You know, don't fall into the trap of just following the, the news articles. I, I just yeah. think as well, and I've, I've sat and listened to most of this because literally it's completely out of my comfort zone, but reading is the one thing we can't get wrong. No. Out of everything. You said about look, look, looking at the source of this report, you know, looking that it has come from professors from UCL and what programme they, they promote you know they say what that program that, do they promote tell us rob oh um so they're a training center for reading recovery right yeah. okay. okay so which you know, is the balanced whole, Mary Clay whole program but yeah using this sort of three queuing method right um, okay yeah and it's a very expensive program to buy into 
And so obviously they're not going to be in a situation where they're saying our, our program that we developed is, is, isn't the best bet. It's, <laughs> don't buy it because it doesn't it's not as effective as another one. Yeah. And I think maybe any any, you know, even bad publicity is, is you know, is good publicity, yeah. isn't it? But for them and, and if <laughs> off the back of this article, they get people because it says in there that, that I think it says they're from UCL people might go exploring, oh, this looks good. What program, what methods would yeah. they, they use? I mean, you know, it's just as a, a kind of aside, we know that that um, Dominic Wise and Alice Bradbury, they are two researchers that we know Welsh Government are um, listening to. Certainly they have been involved with Welsh Government projects before. And it's that is a little bit worrying as well, that there is a kind of um, almost a, um, a self-serving element of the academic community who are, you know they're, they're lobbying for themselves to a certain extent rather than for the children which is really where it should all be that's it and we know you know dominic wise has a long history in this side of the his debate you know what he's trying to push and lobby for um so it's yeah it's ideal ideological standpoints isn't it and you know children don't care about ideology children care about life chances so that that's why this argument this uh, conversation and that's what we want to have. A conversation is so important, isn't it? I saw so many people on Twitter say, oh, I knew who wrote that article before we, I even opened it. You know, I, I knew who the researchers were. They knew that it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, I think it's, quite, it's quite interesting when you go on Twitter and you look at these because people from both sides, they will get really heated about this. And I know that even those who really feel that um, they do have the data and the science behind them actually have also got very heated and it's very difficult then to 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 work out as a teacher or well, which side is the one that I should be thinking more about but it's this one argument isn't it that keeps coming back every so many every so many months something else comes back out and the argument rate is raised again and it's it's like sometimes this needs to be put to bed mm. we need to it must be so it. frustrating though for those who have argued and have um sort of won this debate in a way for yeah. for um the science of reading um such a long time ago there's been three national reviews there was the nrp in 2000 for the united states there was the roe in australia in 2005 rose report in uk in 2006 all of them saying about you know systematic phonics and the rose went that step further saying um you know synthetic phonics yeah um, but they all said about how it it was, and I don't like you, I can't use the word balance, it's sort of be, but I, you know, balance is what I mean here. They didn't say that it's just phonics, you know, no. in any of those reports, it was about those five keys. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't break it down to that really, really simple. It's too complex an issue to break it down to that. Yeah. One. It, was a, it was a straw man argument, wasn't it, in that Guardian article where they were saying phonics is this, this is what it is. Yeah. So I think we have, we have um, kind of got to the point where we're saying that the media do have a lot to answer for. You know, it was an article that's probably been read more than any others by teachers recently. So their education editor has, has, is a real hit as far as he's concerned, but you know, she, as she or she, it, yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, but making sure that um, teachers um, see this as a bit of sensational uh, reporting, but there is far more to it than they're, they're seeing on the page. Dig deeper, yeah, look, uh, look further into it. Rob, it has been an absolute pleasure again to have you on the uh, the podcast. We We're, sincerely hope we don't yeah, have to. I was going to say back. our pencil dating for four months time, but we, we'll so we'll talk about something different. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and thank you so much for doing it.
on a Friday afternoon after a full day of Welsh. Um, hopefully you'll get home before tea now. So thank you so much uh, for doing it. And uh, yeah, speak soon. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.